When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is Title 42? When and why was the policy established? And what impact does Title 42 have on immigration? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. During the global outbreak of COVID-19 at the beginning of 2020, a year we'll see all over the pages of future history books, research and policies regarding our overall physical health were brought to the forefront. One of those policies was Title 42. All eyes have been on the southern border and the influx of migrants that cross over on a daily basis. With that comes the question of safety in regards to communicable diseases like COVID-19. Title 42 has been talked about a lot in the context of that conversation. So how has this policy evolved from the Trump to the Biden administration? What's its current status and what does that mean for our border? And what is the future of Title 42? Here to talk me through all of this is Fox News Channel national correspondent Bill Malusian, who has been covering everything that's happening at the U.S.-Mexico border. And I somehow snagged the 30 minutes of free time that Bill has. So, Bill, thank you for coming on. Thanks for thanks for having me, Abby. I'm actually surprised you're not at the border right now, because every time I look up at my TV, you're there. I know this is one of the rare days when I'm not. But uh, next week, I'll be right back. Of course you will be. Well, I'm glad that you get a little bit of a break and thanks for spending this time with me. So let's just start. We want to talk about Title 42 today just because it's been in the news so much. And I think people are they have questions about it. It's is it still there? Has it been lifted? I mean, there there are so many questions and I know you have the answers. So let's just start with what exactly is Title 42? So Title 42 is a public health authority that allows the U.S. government to uh, immediately expel illegal immigrants from the country. What does that mean? It essentially means let's just let's say a group of 30 guys walk across the border and they are um, taken into custody by Border Patrol. Instead of taking them into a processing center and processing them via Title 8 and doing all this paperwork for over an hour under Title 42, they're essentially just put onto a bus and sent right back into Mexico. They drop, them off the, they drop them off at the port of entry and they're expelled back to Mexico. It is not an immigration law. It's under the U.S. health code um, and it was put in place under the Trump administration because of COVID-19. The Biden administration has decided to keep it in place. It's been used over 1.7 million times since 2020. So it effectively um, allows the government to immediately expel illegal immigrants right back to Mexico um, without processing an asylum claim or anything like that. Okay, so this is health related, right? So, uh, you know, is there any testing that happens or is it just immediate? No, there's no testing. The only time there's testing will be um, if anybody shows any visible symptoms or if they're going to be released into the public, ICE will sometimes test them. However, 
it is not a broad brush. There's no one single approach. We've seen it in different border patrol sectors where they've mass released people without testing them. Other sectors, they do test them. So it's hit or miss. But out in the field, like all the video you see when we, we're encountering people out in, out in the field and they've just crossed over, there is no testing that takes place there. Mm. So then what happens when Title 42 is lifted? I mean, I watch all of your reports and it seems like you see thousands of migrants coming across the border every day. So what will happen once title 42 is lifted which is inevitable it will absolutely explode the numbers at the southern border dhs the biden administration was projecting with its own numbers that if title 42 drops we will see potentially up to 18,000 illegal crossings a day. Now, just to put that in perspective for you, we're at about 7,000 illegal crossings a day, and we're already at the breaking point with this massive crisis. And just to put it in further context, back in 2014, Obama's DHS Secretary Jay Johnson said that 1,000 people crossing a day would be a crisis. Mm. So if Title 42 drops, you're looking at 18,000, you're looking at 18 times worse than what Jay Johnson said would be a crisis. Wow. So then what is what's the latest with Title 42? Obviously, this podcast lives on right now. It is Wednesday, June 1st, 2022. What are we looking at currently in the news about this? So the Biden administration wanted to get rid of Title 42 on May 23rd. They announced at the end of March they were going to do that. Uh, Several states sued. I believe it was Louisiana, Arizona and Missouri. And um, the, there was a federal hearing in Louisiana and a judge issued a temporary injunction uh, to block the administration. They, they, they were not allowed to drop it on May 23rd. So all that means is the status quo stays in place. Title 42 remains in place for now as these federal court, uh, court cases keep going on but it will drop someday again it is not an immigration rule and as all these covid rules are being rolled back across the country whether it's masks or mandates or you know being on airplanes with masks that sort of a thing it increasingly becomes more difficult to justify using title 42 Mm -hmm. at the southern border so the snapshot right now it is still in place how long it's going to remain in place remains unclear also The Biden administration does not enforce Title 42 the way the Trump administration did. The Trump administration was expelling minors, children, families, women. They were basically sending everybody back. The Biden administration has done all sorts of carve outs. All unaccompanied children get released in the U.S. Almost all family members and pregnant women get released into the U.S. Now they're even releasing single adult men. Depending on what country they come from, they may or may not get Title 42. Like Venezuela... Cuba, Nicaragua, they do not get Title 42 because we don't have agreements with their countries. Like we we can't send somebody back to their country if we don't have an agreement to send them back, if that makes sense. So the frustration when you talk to Border Patrol agents is um, under Title 42, they don't have to put them on an airplane back to Venezuela or to Cuba or to Nicaragua. All they have to do is just bus them back to Mexico. That's all they have to do. But the administration has decided, no, we need to put we need they call them repatriation flights to say, no, we need to send them back on airplanes back to their home countries. Well, if their home countries don't cooperate, then they just end up not getting Title 42 and they get released in the country instead. And that's frustrating to border agents who say, well, instead of trying to get them a flight 
halfway across the world, just busting back into Mexico. Yeah, you know, I saw something recently and it was people talking about just that. These migrants that are coming over, they don't realize that Title 42 is a thing. They they get back released into Mexico and they're like, I'd rather go back to my home country than Mexico. Um, and it's it's caused all of this talk about that. And, you know, I, you mentioned the, the Border Patrol and you have such close connections with everyone there because, you know, you're doing the good thing of shedding light on what's going on. How has immigration enforcement at the U.S.-Mexico border changed in the era of Title 42? Well, it essentially allows Border Patrol to very quickly remove people from the country in large numbers, right? So th- think about think about this. They, uh, up until recently, on average, about 50 to 60 percent of all the people coming across the border were removed via Title 42. If Title 42 drops... All the, that 50 to 60% all becomes Title VIII. Now, Title VIII means then they do have to go into processing centers and they have to do all the paperwork. We've already seen how crammed full these processing centers are with Title 42 in place. We've seen all those images of the overcrowding and the people sleeping on the floors and everything. Now you're going to add, if Title 42 drops, another 100,000 people every month wow. into these processing centers that are already overwhelmed. And on top of it, they have to do more paperwork and more time. That is why Border Patrol says when Title 42 drops, you can kiss goodbye to frontline patrol agents actually being out on the border and looking for the bad guys because they're all, all of them are going to have to be busy processing these massive amounts of family units and big groups that come over and doing the paperwork and acting like social workers, watching kids and being Uber drivers, transporting them all over the place. There will be few, if any, agents left on the front line to stop cartels, stop drugs, start criminal elements. Keep in mind, you know, there's 60,000 gotaways every single month. And when you mix into those numbers, the fact that they are catching criminals, some really bad people down there every single day, it is a statistical certainty that when you do not have agents on the front line, um, some pretty bad dudes and drugs are going to be pouring into the country. That exactly. I mean, just the amount of drugs are we're going through a huge drug crisis right now in our in our country. A lot of that is coming across the border. So do you foresee a time or an instance where Title 42 would stay in place even after all the mandates are lifted and we get back to normal? No, I don't because they can't. It's not an immigration law. They need COVID to justify it. And as long as all these other rules are being rolled back, they're not they're not going to be able, the only reason the judge blocked them from getting rid of Title 42 is because he said the government was not prepared. He said we cannot handle 18,000 people crossing every day and states would be overrun. So it was less about COVID and more about the government didn't have a plan for what they're going to do when this is when this is repealed. They cannot keep it. They, it it's it's not an immigration rule. It will have to drop at some point. See, okay, so you answered my question because what I was thinking was, okay, if if we don't have the uh, resources to process all of these migrants, then would they keep that in place, even though it isn't an immigration law? Would it ever? Would Title Forty Two ever be replaced with a different law to help with that I d- processing? I- I mean, that would have to be up to Congress, but they would have to find a way to justify. Because keep in mind, Biden has been getting attacks from the far left wing of his party. They think Title 42 is horrible because it doesn't allow people to request asylum. They say it's racist. It's a Trump relic, this, that. So he's getting pressure in both directions. From the left, they want him to get rid of it because 
Um, you know, it stops people from claiming asylum and they think it stopped, you know, uh, you know, these downtrodden migrants from getting a chance to request asylum in the U.S. Then on the other end of the spectrum, you got Republicans saying you better keep it in place because we can't handle 18,000 illegal crossings a day. Mm-hmm. So it's getting pulled in each direction. Now, how they're going to I mean, it, it will be I'm telling you right now, it will be absolute anarchy at the border if and when it drops. It's they are already so overstretched and overwhelmed right now with just seven to eight thousand crossings a day. It's just and just to put it in perspective, like we all remember what happened when those 15,000 Haitians showed up under the bridge in Del Rio last summer. Right. They essentially had to call in every border agent in the sector. And that left over 240 miles of border completely unpatrolled. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Zero. So that, well, I guess first question, when are you running for Congress? That's that's the real that's the real question. <laughs> I, have. <laughs> I think you could do a lot right. of good there. <laughs> uh, yeah, well. Well, you know, one of these days I'll vote for you. Uh, second, second question. How should a post Title 42 asylum system then function at the border? You talk about these uh, 100,000 people that are going to be in these processing centers and we just don't have the resources for that. Well, they, they, they need to hire more immigration judges and they really have to speed this system up because the, the, the backlog on the asylum cases is years. I mean, when we were in Brownsville, we talked to this man who had just been released with a government issued cell phone and we asked him when his court date was. And he said, I think it was 2027. So mm. you get, that's how backlog they are. In some cases, you need to hire more immigration judges, more immigration officers to quickly process these claims. Like it should not take such a long time to figure out if somebody's claim is legit or not. And I'm telling you right now, a majority of the people coming across are not legitimate asylum seekers. They're economic migrants. They will tell you that on camera. You can ask them the same thing every single time. Why did you decide to come here? Trabajar, trabajar, to work, work to work, to work. Or, or they have family in the United States that they want to reunite with and they feel now is a good time. Are there legitimate asylum seekers coming across? Absolutely. But there's a narrative out there, and I'm sure you've seen it in the media, that asylum seekers, all these asylum seekers, it's it's almost all economic migrants. And that is not asylum under U.S. law. It is absolutely not. The U.S. has very stringent asylum requirements. And when Del Rio happened last summer, there was a reason why all those Haitians were getting rid of their passports and dumping them at the river before they crossed into the U.S. Do you know why? Because most of them had moved to Chile years before, years ago, like 2015, 2016. They had Chilean documents and everything. Then they decided to come to the U.S. Well, under U.S. asylum rules, if they know you've resettled in a country other than the U.S. before you get here, they're going to reject it. So by throwing away all their Chilean documents, it makes it look like, hey, we just, we just got here from, from Haiti. All right, we've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. You talk about the uh, far left wing, right? And these people who are saying that this expulsion policy endangers asylum seekers. What is the truth to that? And what is the falsehood to that? Well, there's going to be 
a mixture of truth and falsehood in that. Yes, there are people who are not going to be able to request asylum because of Title 42. For instance, the ports of entry have been closed. Normally, some people could go there to request asylum. They've not been able to. And that's why some, you know, immigration advocates say, well, you're forcing them to go between the ports of entry to ask for asylum. Now, the bottom line is it doesn't it, it, it doesn't change a whole lot if they're not a legitimate asylum seeker in the first place. Right. If they're an economic migrant, it doesn't matter where they come in from. Uh, that th- wanting a better job in the United States is not uh, a legitimate reason to come to the United States and to cross the border illegally. And that's one of the things that I think a lot of people haven't understood throughout this process is they think these masses of people coming over or almost all of them are just women and children and destitute families coming from all over the world who are being persecuted in their home country. And the majority of them absolutely are not. And how do we know this? Because we ask them when they come across over and we've done live interviews with them. I'm sure you've seen them where they all, almost all of them say that we come here to work or because we have family here and we're going to Florida. We're going to New York. We're going to Houston. We're going to Phoenix. We're going to L.A. Everyone already has family here. So, you know, the the public response has been exactly that. It's, I think, maybe in part misinformed. People don't understand the full picture. And you're bringing that to us now. How has the public response, just in, in the time that you've been down at the border, how has that evolved? Uh, how has the response to Title 42 evolved? Well, in, in looking at the bigger picture, not just with Title 42, the, I mean, the public perception of the border is drastically changing. South Texas has long been very, very blue. It is a majorly Hispanic community, obviously. And the people down there are pissed off with what's going on. We have people come up to us and say, hey, we hate Fox. We don't watch Fox, but we appreciate you guys being down there. But we appreciate you guys being down here and covering this. We're sick of this. We're sick of this BS. For the first time in decades, McAllen uh, elected a Republican mayor. They just had a state representative switch parties from Democrat to Republican. We've all seen the immigration polls. Biden is deeply underwater. Um, people down there are pissed off because it is not the border is not just some big wall out in the remote desert that affect. The, these are communities that have people running through their yards in the early morning hours or breaking into homes or ranches or uh, their, their ranches get destroyed, their wires get cut, or they're constantly having human smuggling bailouts in their neighborhoods. There's, it, it affects people in an assortment of ways. And those South Texas communities all along the Texas border, not everybody, but a lot of them are getting very pissed off. And the poll numbers and the elections down there are definitely starting to reflect that. Right. Well, what what should Joe Biden be doing to address the situation at the border? I mean, one, it would be helpful if he actually went to the border. But two, what, in your opinion, needs to happen to help remedy this? Well, I mean, the first thing you said, it, it astounds me that as many years as he's been a politician and been in office, he has never mm-hmm. been to the U.S. border. I mean, my jaw hits the floor when I hear that. How could you ever hope to understand something that you've never seen in person? And even for me personally, I mean, I, I started my career covering the border in El Paso. And then, I, you know, I took a break. I was working in L.A. and I was watching some of the initial border coverage when this all started under President Biden and I'd watch it on TV and I'd be like, oh, wow, that's that's pretty crazy. Actually getting down there and seeing it in person and talking to people did 
a complete like 180 for me mentally. I mean, it is, he, he has to come down here, talk to agents, see what happens. See, like you'll just be driving down the road and you'll see human smugglers arrested on the road, dudes in camouflage running all over the place. I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's completely out of control as for what he can do. Well, if he's not going to build a wall, I mean, I, there, there's going to eventually have to be some sort of compromise because both sides are so far apart on this. You have one side who basically wants open borders, amnesty, let everybody in and legalize everybody. Mm -hmm. And then you you've got the other side who says, seal everything up. Don't don't allow a single person in. And we want you to go in and deport everybody who's come here in the last 30 years. Are either of those things ever going to happen? Absolutely not. So there has to be some sort of compromise in the middle. Things I've heard tossed around. Okay, what about like if they cross two years military service, they get citizenship. Ah. Are you willing to? Are you are, are you willing to trade that for maybe not a wall, but more border agents and more immigration judges? Or are you willing to trade more border security, maybe part of a wall and more agents in exchange for legal giving legal status to DACA permanently? There's going to have to be some give and take. Right. So um, ha whether or not that is going to happen, I don't know, especially with how polarized and how tribal politics are these days. But mm -hmm. in the meantime, our border is non-existent right now. It's it's just a fact. And you cannot have a sovereign country or national security without secure borders. And just, I mean, I've done those. I just did that story last week where a terrorist came across, they pick him up and then they release him without no, waiting for his checks. And then, it and then it takes two weeks for ICE to go pick him up again. So, okay. and then that's one of the things you hear border agents say the most is you cannot have a sovereign nation. You cannot have national security without first having border security. Right. And, and you know, you, you say that, all right, maybe a part of the solution would be hiring more border agents, especially if when Title 42 is lifted and all of these migrants are now in these processing facilities, you're going to need more men and women on the ground. But, Bill, do people want to be border agents? What's their morale like? Because I could only imagine how frustrating it is that they are working day in and day out with, uh, you know, all of this pressure and people, quite honestly, not really loving them for it. Not right now. They don't want to be agents. Uh, morale is absolutely rock bottom. They're more than 2000 short. And, you know, agents who talk to me are pissed off because they say they feel like they've been turned into glorified social workers. They're just mm -hmm. doing paperwork all the time, watching little kids, Uber drivers, transporting them everywhere. They're not actually out on the front lines chasing down the bad guys, which is what they signed up for. So, yeah, they're, the morale is absolute rock bottom right now. And it's especially frustrating for them when they do go into the brush and they, they pull these guys out who don't want to be caught only to see them get released into the country. It's, they throw their hands up and say, well, what's the point? Mm -hmm. And when you kind of look over the, the last several years, you brought up the Obama administration and the Trump administration and then the Biden administration. How has this issue as a whole kind of evolved since you have been working and what have you observed over the last several years, maybe whether you were in this position or even before that? Well, it's, it's, it's interesting because everything changes, but nothing changes. I mean, when I first started covering the border in 2014, Obama was president and he was having a huge surge of unaccompanied children. If you remember there, it was a big story because some of them were infected with scabies and, and all these young children were showing up, um, you know, especially in the El Paso area. And that, and that was a big deal back then. Then Trump gets into office and he does, you know, hardcore border security measures going as far as separating families. And he does the remain in Mexico policy, that sort of a thing. And the numbers drop to historic lows. Then Biden comes in and reverses literally everything. 
And now the numbers are the highest in U.S. history almost month after month. So it's just this constant seesaw of which party is in power, essentially. Something that struck me that you said earlier was when you until you went down to the border and started talking to these migrants and the Border Patrol agents, you kind of did a 180 because you actually heard these stories. What has been the most surprising thing that you've seen in your coverage down there? Basically, just how overwhelmed Border Patrol is. Well, I mean, we will be doing a live shot somewhere and we'll have a group of runners go zipping by us and they just get away. I mean, there's no agents anywhere. They're 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 so busy processing. Uh, you know, I'll text agents and say, hey, just a heads up. We just had this group and bro, we can't get to them. You know, so it, 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 that's they're so overstretched and overwhelmed. I, it truly shudders me to think like who, who could be coming into our country right now. And the manpower we do have is devoted to processing big groups of families as fast as they can. Especially when Title 42 is lifted. How long do you think we have? I mean, obviously you can't look into the future, but just from your own analysis, how long do you think it is until they lift Title 42? Oh, God, I don't know. I mean, I think it would be political suicide to do it before the midterms, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because if, if, if that happens before the midterms, um, you're, you're going to have that explosion of 18,000 a day. Um, I, I don't know. It's going to be up to the federal court case and how long that plays out. But, um, I mean, we're, we're what halfway through the year now almost. So, um, I don't, to be honest, Abby, I don't know. Yeah, it's something that we'll definitely see unfold. And and unfortunately, the midterms do serve as kind of this uh, driving factor for a lot of decisions that politicians make. And uh, you kind of wish it could just be for the good of the country rather than, um, you know, for the good of the midterms. I'm not saying that's the case in every in every instance. But to wrap things up, in your opinion, what is the most misunderstood thing about Title 42? Um, The most misunderstood is definitely that they think everybody is being sent back via Title 42. I mean, I get comments on Twitter all the time that when we post these numbers or post these videos, people are always like, oh, that's great that they caught him. It shows Border Patrol's doing their job. They're all going to be sent back. Couldn't be further from the truth. A large majority of the of the people you see in my videos are all going to be released with an NTA or an NTR, and they're going to be in another state by the next day, probably living with family. Um, the biggest misconception about Title 42 is that it is being strictly enforced with all demographics, with all countries, with all people. That is not the case. It is being enforced in a limited faction. And last month, for instance, we released more people into the U.S. than we removed. There were 234,000 encounters at the southern border. There were 118,000 releases and 113,000 removals. It's the first time that I can remember that we've removed or that we've released more than we've removed. And this comes at the same time as Mayorkas, DHS Secretary Mayorkas posts these videos saying the border is closed, our laws are being enforced, don't come, you're not going to be able to get in. It's just not true. And the numbers don't back that up. Well, Bill, that's why we have you down at the border. You are one of the best of the best. Thank you for coming on with me, and we'll have to have you on again. Next time you have free time, I'm going to be like, you're coming on the podcast. You're going to be like, oh, no, I just want to drink a beer by the pool. <laughs> but we're going to have you on anyway. <laughs> no, sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right. If you missed anything from class, these are my office hours. And here are some top takeaways about Title 42. Number one, 
Title 42 is not an immigration law. It has to do with public health. It's something that the Trump administration put into place to help with the risks of COVID-19, and the Biden administration left it in place. To date, it has been used over 1.7 million times. Number two. Bill says it's inevitable that Title 42 is lifted, especially as pandemic restrictions across the U.S. loosen. When that happens, he says there will be an explosion in the number of migrants that come across the border. There will be another 100,000 people in the processing centers and an already overwhelmed Border Patrol is going to have an even tougher time. Which brings me to number three. According to Bill's reporting, right now, there are about 7,000 illegal crossings a day. When Title 42 is lifted, analysis shows that number could jump to 8,000 a day. Right now, Title 42 allows Border Patrol to remove illegal immigrants from the country in large numbers. So when it's lifted, that influx is going to be unmanageable for the Border Patrol. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast on Title 42. For more podcasts, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen and leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.